Just a teeny heads up that the story I'm going to tell you may not be for teeny listening ears. You might want to listen to this episode at a time when you're, you know, you just have your earbuds in. Hey there, I'm Victoria, a certified Christian life coach, author, motivational speaker, and university educator, and I am obsessed with helping you navigate through life's ups and downs so that you can live day by day in God's peace despite the many external demands on your time and energy. The Choose to Think Inspirational podcast is about the delicate dance between God transforming you from the inside out and your personal responsibility for change, maturity, and refinement as a Christ follower. On the show, I'll help you connect the dots between your faith and your life in practical, meaningful ways while giving God room to do what only He can do and so that you can shine your light for Christ and be better equipped to serve your family and help others around you. You can change every area of your life one thought at a time. Welcome back to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast Brain Changer. Let's dive in. In 1996, I lost a baby. I miscarried at 17 weeks of pregnancy. This would have been my fourth child at that time. And I had experienced healthy pregnancies up until that time. As I lay on the bed in my OB's clinic room and he was waving that ultrasound wand over my belly, he just couldn't get the heartbeat. He tried having me roll over and reposition myself, but still there was no heartbeat. There was just this most angelic little baby that I could see right there inside of me. This little baby seemed just perfect to me. It was really beautiful on the screen, like a picture that you might see in a textbook. Well, they escorted me into another room to have a vaginal ultrasound, but needless to say, the heartbeat of my little one was gone. When something traumatic and tragic like this happens, it's very easy to personalize the cause and blame yourself because you want answers. You want to know what were the contributing factors to this incident. You want to know why and you want to know how this could possibly happen. For me, I could think of two reasons why I may have miscarried. I mean, otherwise I was very healthy. I had no medical issues at all and had made it through that very first trimester already. So I thought I was safe since about 80% of miscarriages happened during those first 12 weeks. Day after day, after I lost my baby, I blamed myself, suspecting that somehow I had caused this incident. We'd just moved into an older house, and one day I decided to spray paint a few vent covers. With three young children already, and basically one income, we were on a tight budget, so it was cheaper to paint over those covers. You know the ones I'm talking about that go into your floor? They were kind of an odd size anyway, so it was cheaper just to paint them than to try to find new ones. It was rainy and chilly outside. It was below the temperature limit on the spray paint, so I decided to quickly paint them inside in what was a junk room at that time, and we didn't have a garage or anything like that. The junk room was still filled with boxes and other items from our move, and so I made a little area where I could do the spray painting. I cracked open the window, and I spray painted the vent covers just as quickly as I could. I shut the door, and then I left. But upon later reflection, my mind has always wondered, is that why I lost the baby? Had I inhaled too much of the toxic spray paint fumes and that's what caused my miscarriage? If that wasn't bad enough, just a few days before the baby actually passed away and I was in the doctor's office, 
my kids and I were in a minor fender bender. I was in bumper to bumper traffic with all three kiddos belted up in the back of our Ford Tempo when out of nowhere, a large truck rammed into the back of our car, jolting us forward with a really deafening sound to boot. It actually sounded much worse than it probably really was, but it was a big jolt for us. I put my foot on the brake very quickly and the traffic in front of me had already begun to move forward. So that really helped because we were at it. We had been at a traffic light. We just scooted forward. I don't know, a couple of feet, maybe the guy who hit us was a young college student. He was overwhelmingly apologetic. He had just whipped around a corner and then boom, hit us. Well, the kids and I were really frightened and we were out of sorts, but we were so grateful that no one was really hurt. When we found out about our baby, my mind trailed back to this accident. And I wondered if that jolt had somehow sent cortisone racing through my system that was somehow too much for my baby's little heart to bear. Even to this day, there's a little part of me that wonders if I hadn't spray painted those vent covers and if I hadn't been in that minor car accident, whether my baby might have lived or not. Back then during my season of grief about this loss and over this loss, I felt horrible about those two events and I blamed myself for a long, long time. Today's topic is part nine in our Cognitive Distortions Magnificent Monday series and it's all about the faulty thinking called personalization and blame. By the way, if you've missed any of the episodes in the series, go back to start with episode 202 to find part one. And this Thursday on the show, be sure to come back to hear from a gal named Stacy Shuey. She's the founder of Hands for Life, an organization dedicated to creating assisted living communities for the elderly and orphans. It's a fascinating interview. But let's get down to today's topic, personalization and blaming. And be sure to stay tuned to the very end because I have a free offer that you're not going to want to miss. But now let me divide this show today into four parts. One, what is personalization and blaming? Two, what are some examples? Three, what's so bad about this type of faulty thinking? And four, what can you do about it? So first, let's define personalization and blaming. From my opening story about my miscarriage, you probably have a good idea of what personalization and blaming is all about. Instead of considering any other factors, I blame myself and the event that the young college student created in my life, the accident, for that particular situation. The truth is, there were likely other factors partially or entirely out of my control. The accident wasn't even my fault in any way, and although the paint fumes may have contributed to the miscarriage, the truth is we may touch, smell, even taste toxic items on a daily basis, any of which might not be healthy when we're pregnant. Blaming goes a step further and makes someone else responsible in ways for how you may feel. I could have all out blamed the college student for my fear over the safety of my baby, though he did cause the accident, he is not responsible for how I respond to it or how I feel about it. Now, here's a quick question that may indicate whether you are prone to this type of faulty thinking. Do your friends or your family members ever tell you something like, stop taking this so personally, or why did you just make this all about you? If they've said these types of things to you, there's a good chance that you may want to analyze your thoughts and filter them a bit more carefully. Now that we know what personalization and blaming actually are, let's continue to part two with a few more examples. 
And yes, here comes a pickleball analogy. Let's say you're playing an intense game at a tournament and it's down to the wire. It's the last game in the whole match, all right, for the medals. The other team has you down 10 to 9. It's a nail biter, all right. They have possession of the ball and they need one more point to win the match. On a hard hit serve, you attempt to drive the shot back to the baseline to keep your opponents back at the line and it just misses the line landing outside the bounds. You lose. Personalization and blame tendencies will tell you something like this. My team or my partner and I lost because of me. Okay, you get it? How about this? Your teenager's in an accident after a party and you blame yourself for letting them go to the party in the first place. You think, if only I'd asked them to come home earlier. If only I'd taken them and picked them up instead of letting them drive. And one more. Have you ever blamed your spouse for being the reason you get out the door late on a Sunday morning as you head to church? It's their job for waking you up on Sunday and you fault them for forgetting to set the alarm the night before. It's their fault you're late. If they had awakened on time, you would have had plenty of time to get to the church on time. Now, we all have these types of thoughts initially, but when we make a habit of engaging this type of distorted thinking, well, it can be quite harmful to us and others. And this leads us to part three. What's so bad about this type of faulty thinking? You can end up feeling guilty all the time. That's what's so bad about it. I had to combat the guilt I felt when I miscarried. I was grieving and adding guilt to the mix. That sure didn't help it. It didn't help me during that time. Some of my friends lost babies too, and I can remember them questioning their diet and their exercise and feeling like they may have caused the miscarriage as well. When you personalize things and you take things so personally, you can feel targeted or excluded. Your boss doesn't like your marketing pitch and you think they don't like you. You start comparing yourself to your colleagues, feeling even worse, and then you begin fretting that you may lose your job as a result. Do you see how one incident and you're taking it personally can kind of, it, it can be multiplied so quickly into something like, oh, well, you're convinced you're going to lose your job and you start, you know, opening the one ads and looking for another job all because of your faulty, distorted thinking. As to blaming, you may exercise poor judgment by blaming someone without considering all the factors involved in the mishap. A contributing factor to your teenager's accident was the snowstorm that blew through your town. The roads weren't horrible, but your child's inexperienced driving in adverse weather conditions may have contributed to the accident. You got to consider that as well. According to UCLA's Mindfulness Awareness Research Center, regularly expressing gratitude, the quality of being thankful and readiness to show appreciation, literally changes the molecular structure of your brain. It keeps the gray matter functioning and makes you healthier and happier. In their study from 2008, researchers measured brain activity of participants experiencing different emotions and found that gratitude causes synchronized activation in multiple brain regions and lights up parts of the brain's reward pathways and the hypothalamus. In short, gratitude can boost the neurotransmitter serotonin and activate the brain stem to produce dopamine. And dopamine is your brain's pleasure chemical. The more you think positive, grateful thoughts, the healthier and happier you feel. Thanks to the flexibility or plasticity of the brain, positive thinking can become a way of life. When your brain is flushed with positive thoughts, you can expect to improve every area of your life. 
including your relationships, your health, performance at school, at work, and reaching your dreams and goals. This brain changer is why I created the 37-page Ultimate Gratitude Guide for you. It's absolutely free and it's waiting for you. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes to download your own copy as a gift from me to you for tuning in to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast. And let me tell you, we just don't think positive. We think praise. Praise to our creator. So get your hands on a copy of this guide. If you've been listening to the podcast long enough, you will know that my husband Jim and I are avid pickleball players. We love the game and play as often as possible. We even enjoy traveling a bit and competing in tournaments with our friends. When he bought me the Diadem Warrior Paddle for my birthday, I felt like I'd hit the jackpot. He knows how to make a girl happy, all right. Suddenly I had more force and return and serve impact for my smaller frame, and I experienced a whole lot more control of the ball. I really did feel unstoppable and like a warrior. The manufacturer, Diadem, says this paddle will give you exceptional stability, power, and reactivity. It's made from the highest quality carbon fiber base and grip paint surface for extra ball spin. The grip is exceedingly comfortable, plus you'll get expanded coverage with its overall length and huge relative sweet spot. I play with this paddle every time we play, and I've not gripped anything better, but it is quite pricey, so if you want something about half that price, Try the diadem icon. That's the paddle that Jim prefers. He plays with that one and he swears by it. I'll be sure to put all the Amazon affiliate links for these paddles in the show notes. Just click to take a look and let's play ball. Pickleball, that is. Blaming the college student who hit my car and knocked the bumper off the backside of me. Blaming him for the accident itself, yes, it was his fault. But blaming him for my sadness, well, now this is a dangerous position to take because it underlines that I'm giving him more power over my feelings than I might have myself. In other words, it's not fair, it's not kind of right to blame someone else for how I might be feeling. This is so common in marriages. You expect your spouse to carry your emotional freight, and when they don't, because newsflash, they can't, only Jesus can, you blame them for your discontent and unhappiness. Blaming others traps you in victim mentality. It's paralyzing in ways and keeps you from examining your own emotions and potentially your own ungodly behavior. Okay, and this leads us to... The final part here, part four, what can you do about it? Well, number one, when you feel tempted to blame yourself or others, practice holding your tongue or the thought itself. Instead, give yourself 24 hours to really contemplate the event. Try to consider all possible contributing factors on the events and such as adverse situations and conditions that could be happening at that time, not just focusing on your own contribution to the event. Remind yourself that in life, there is precious little you can actually control. You can even seek counsel from a friend to help you gain that third party perspective. Number two, recognize that blaming is a dead end street, especially because there are some things in life that you will never know what caused. It could have been a combination of factors, but there's no way to really ever know. So don't spend your precious emotional energy just spinning your wheels, trying to figure out why, trying to answer that question, 
Why now? Why me? Why is this happening? What did I do? What could I have done instead? What didn't I do? Oh, all of that is really wasted emotional energy and time. It'll zap the life right out of you. Number three, ask God to help you lay your personalization and blaming game down. Commit your way to him and then trust him. God's providential will allows for a lot of ugly stuff to happen in this fallen world that we live in. Ask God for grace to help you endure those times that you are tempted to blame yourself or others for things you really can't control. Number four, practice self-compassion. Instead of blaming yourself for things that go wrong, practice self-compassion by treating yourself with kindness and understanding, much like you would do for a friend. Recognize that you, along with everybody else, makes mistakes. You're not perfect. You're human. And you're not alone in experiencing difficult emotions. Sometimes it's very difficult for me to feel emotions that cause me to feel uncomfortable. In other words, I don't want to go through them and I do anything to avoid them. But what I'm learning to do, what I'm training myself to do is simply say, okay, lots of people experience difficult emotions and situations. I can too. I don't like what I'm feeling right now. I don't like the sadness, the grief, the guilt, whatever it may be. I'm not enjoying it. It makes me uncomfortable, but I can endure it. God, would you help me please endure this emotion because I know it's going to go away. I know it's here now, but it's not going to always be here. So if I can just make it through instead of over, under, and around, I need to go through it. Then the next time that I'm faced with that kind of uncomfortable emotion again, the easier it will be to say, okay, here we go. I'm just going to feel this feeling and emotion. I'm going to endure them with God's grace. And I know I'll come out on the other side and I'll be able to continue on. So encourage your heart with that. And then the last one, you know, the Bible teaches both you and me to take responsibility for our own actions, to avoid unfairly blaming others and to seek forgiveness and mercy when we make mistakes. Remember that changing your thought patterns takes time and practice. It's one of the reasons that I I offered you the seven R's to living your best thought life. That's the actual method. It takes you through seven steps on how to deal with any kind of faulty thinking or cognitive distortions. You can get your own copy of those seven R's simply by purchasing the Choose to Think devotional. You got the daily devotional. It's 365 daily devotions. You can start August the 1st. You can start December the 1st, January 1, March 23rd. Doesn't matter. You can start it devotion anytime. Just crack it open. You miss a page, you'll hit it the next year. It doesn't matter. Daily devotions are great to have for that reason. You can pick them up anytime, start anytime. I also wrote a companion journal to go along with that devotion in case you really like journaling. There are over 700 journal prompt questions and space to record your answers. So you can get the seven R's for living your best thought life. That's a one page downloadable printable infographic. You can stick it on your fridge, put it on your desk, put it in your car, stick it in your purse so that you can literally be reminding yourself every single day of the process of how to live your best thought life and how to take those thoughts captive from Romans. Truly, God has brought me so far and healed me from the inside out. And that's part of the reason I try to yell it from the rafter tops to you and to others to number one, point to God and how he has worked in my life. And second to that, to say that, look, if God can do this transformative work in my heart, 
he can certainly do it in yours. And we can really overcome most, if not all of life's difficulties, just by changing the way we think about those particular things. And God will give you the truth to base your entire thought life on. He'll give you the foundation, his word. We have that at our fingertips and we just don't want to miss it. So part of the purpose of the podcast is to help you connect the dots between your faith, between biblical truths, and then how to actually apply that in your life. That's why I love to be practical on the podcast and give you those tips. And that's another reason you stay tuned to the very end. And I want to tell you that we are now through 10 cognitive distortions. We've had 10 in this series, special series. We have, we've had 10 episodes so far. I created a kind of like a little cheat sheet and the cheat sheet that you can get absolutely free will say, okay, here's the cognitive distortion. Here is how it's defined. And here is how you overcome it. And then I've linked that with each and every podcast episode that corresponds to that particular type of faulty thinking or cognitive distortion. So it's a great little tool to have. It's probably going to be about two pages and you can get it. The link is in the show notes, so don't miss it. But until next time, you keep living your best thought life in Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. And listen, if you like what you hear, would you leave us a one to two sentence review at Apple Podcasts, share the link with a friend, or tag me on your share on social media? It would mean the world to me and would help us to keep shining the light of Christ and sharing the good news to others who are in need of encouragement. Please visit us on our website at choosetothink.co. That's with the number two, choosetothink.co, to get on our monthly newsletter list. And if you need a guest speaker for your next women's retreat or church event, I'm your gal. Email me at choose to think at gmail.com. And that's with the number two, choose to think at gmail.com. Finally, I offer limited free mentoring sessions each month where you and I can chat to help you develop a strategy for your thoughts in any area of your life. I'm a certified life coach and I have something to share. Visit choose to think.co and click on mentoring for more details. Also, keep in mind that the messages on this show are for informational and educational purposes only. Please consult your medical doctor for all medical issues. Thank you again for tuning in. God bless you.